Hey guys, welcome to church. It's so great to see you. Glad you're here. Find your seat, grab a coffee. Let's get ready for some announcements. Woo! Hey, first off, want to say this. Thank you to all of those who volunteered at our Easter VBS this last Friday. You guys made that event possible. You did a great job. Thank you so much for your help. That was tremendous, really. The event went great. I'm especially thankful because I went to a Panthers game that night. Go Cats. They won. Hey. Quick announcements. Easter weekend is rapidly approaching. It's a few days away. The Good Friday concert is this Friday, uh, April 15th. We'll start at 7 p.m. promptly. It's a just music event. There's no food or, you know, talk. It's just music. So uh, it's a great time. Uh, we'll, we'll sing some worship songs. You won't want to miss it. That's this Friday. Uh, this Saturday, April 16th at 9 a.m. Uh, we're starting right before the uh, the big celebration they're doing at Bay of Honda. Uh, but we'll be doing our beach baptisms there. We'll have, you know, brief time of acoustic worship. And we will go do some dunking. We're not going to be in our normal pavilion spot. We'll have to move over a bit. Just look for the, the group with a bunch of blue shirts on. That'll be us. We'll have a great time. That's this Saturday, 9 a.m. And then Easter weekend. Our Easter services are going to be amazing this year. This Saturday evening at 7 p.m. starts our first Easter service. Then we'll have four on Sunday, our normal 8, 9.30, and 11. Uh, we also have our sunrise service at 6.30 a.m. That's going to have more of a laid-back feel, acoustic-style worship. We'll have our sunrise on the screens. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to do the uh, the rock and roll super early in the morning, so uh, acoustic is kind of nice there, uh, you know. And I like rock and roll, too. But if you uh, if you would prefer an acoustic style, that would be great for you. Also, the Easy Park feature uh, will probably be available that Saturday in the, the early service on Sunday. So uh, great options for you. There's all sorts of other stuff to check out. So download that app. Uh, stay connected with that. And with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Go Panthers. Woo! Hi, everybody online. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back into worship. And uh, it's been fun all morning. So it'll be fun with you, with us. And then we're talking about uh, Palm Sunday. Matthew chapter 21 is where we'll be. So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfortable, get ready. Here we go. Woo! Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Looking forward to spending some time with you. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We are going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We're going to introduce you guys to a new song after worship. Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to Sunday school. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are taking a break from the Encourager series and uh, talking about Palm Sunday today. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Love your presence, Papa. Papa, we want to be people who prepare the way for you. So would you please fill us with your peace? and your joy. 
so that we can be living lives of thankfulness and praise to you. So you're pouring out of us onto every person around us. And they have no choice but to ask, who is this? And we can tell them it is Jesus. Papa, help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this calling. Almighty and eternal God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your son, our savior Jesus Christ, to take our nature upon himself and to suffer death on the cross so that we should follow the example of his great humility. In your mercy, grant that we may both follow the example of his suffering and also partake in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered there with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, From now on, when you get together and partake of this meal... I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst. On this Palm Sunday, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We sing Hosanna to him. We'll see the words pop up on the screens. You guys are welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. All of his promises are yes and amen.
Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the
so so thankful for this time of worship in your presence God you're so faithful to us Lord as we're here in your presence I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word Lord God would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words God to stir up our hearts to you Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.
Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hi, guys. Can I squeeze in here? Okay. Thank you for making room for me. Awesome. So excited to see you. So happy. So we are continuing our story in the Bible, in the book of Joshua. Joshua is getting older, guys, right? And he knows that his time is coming to an end to be here. So he has, God has him gather all the people because he has an important message. Have, have you ever been gathered and somebody's told you, we have something important to talk about? Yeah? Yeah, that happens sometimes, right? Like we, like a family meeting or something, right? Or school meeting? Yeah. So he has something very important to tell them, right, guys? And he, Joshua told the people, you must remember the Lord your God, right? Remember how when you went into battle, he helped you, right? And he told them, don't forget to be strong and courageous, to do everything that God has told you to do, right? Do not disobey God. Do not turn away from God, right? Trust him. God has kept every promise that he has made to you, he told them. And then he went back and, and helped them to remember the history that he had with them. He said, remember, I gave Abraham, a son, Isaac, because he couldn't have any kids. And God did that for Abraham, right? And then Isaac had Jacob and Esau. And then God delivered his people from the Egyptians. Do you remember the story with Moses and parting of the Red Sea, right? Amazing stuff, right? So Joshua told them, because God has done so many things in Joshua twenty four fourteen, He tells us, So fear the Lord. That means respect him, right? Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. He, He said, serve the Lord alone. And what do you think the people said? Raise your hand if you, if you think the people said, yes, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, they said that, right? They said, we are going to serve the Lord only, right? We remember how good he's been to us. And Joshua reminded them, he said to them, make sure that you obey and follow and worship the Lord alone, right? Because if you don't do that, God is going to come against you and you don't want that, right? We want God's blessings all the time. Good. So you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Okay, awesome. Let's repeat. Joshua 24, 14. Joshua 14, 14. Very good. So, so, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And serve him only, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Good job, okay. Put away. Put away. Very good. Forever. 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 Very good. I'm going to give everyone a chance, okay? Forever. The idols. The idols. Your ancestors. Your ancestors. Worshipped. Worshipped. When they. When they. Lived. Lived. Okay, beyond. Beyond. The Euphrates. The Euphrates. River. River. Very good. Serve. Serve. The Lord. The Lord. I won't. Excellent. Good job, guys. Thank you. That was really good.
and now we get stickers, okay? Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hey, will you guys uh, help me sing a happy birthday while we're doing that? It's Kayla's birthday. She's uh, she's 13. Where's Kayla? Kaylee, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm all right. She's right there, isn't she? Yes. Okay. So we're going to sing Kaylee happy birthday. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right, Pastor Jordine is going to pray for you. That's so cool. I love it. All right, guys, we're going to pray now. So let's bow our heads and think about the Lord. Okay, ready? Father in heaven, thank you so much for making us, Lord. Thank you so much for protecting us, Lord God. Thank you for the wonderful way that you take care of us, Lord God. Help us to follow you all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go have fun. Love to see all the kids. There's evidence of a bunch of kids up here. <laughs> all is well. Speaking of children, we had our uh, one night Easter VBS Friday night and that we had 59 children here. And lots of volunteers. Thank you, everybody, for making those things happen. And uh, great opportunity to reach out and bless kids. And uh, thanks all the volunteers, not just the ones that were here that night, but all, we have an amazing group of volunteers happening here all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, also with the kids, we sent the, uh, the food truck, uh, our food truck, out to the park yesterday because uh, the Monroe County Special Olympics was going on. They asked us to come, and we gave hundreds of kids free ice cream yesterday. Again, thank you, church, for being so generous that we can make those things happen. I love to to see that stuff. You know, the, it's just the the faithfulness of God is so amazing. Not only can we we bless the community locally, uh, I was thinking on a bigger scale this week because you know certainly we're involved in a bigger vineyard movement with Convoy of Hope and everything. That things are going on all around the globe, but. Our Bible Institute. So I was looking at this map, and you know, on a map, we're a pretty small little thing, right? Big Pine Key doesn't even show up on the map I was looking at, and I know where it is. And we're a church, you know, a little tiny church on that island. But we have this Bible Institute, and uh, I looked at the, some of the statistics on it the other day. And so we have students right now. This little church in a little nowhere has students in 40 countries and 41 states in this country. That's pretty cool, right? And uh, that's you guys making a difference all around the world. So just uh, happy to be a part of that and so excited with all that's going on. Douglas, I have a question for you. Are these buttons different than they used to be? They're more colorful? Yeah, I, I get that they're the same, but there is a difference, right? Well, they just have a little plastic cap. Okay, just so I know, because, you know, things change, and I'm, I'm seeing that and thinking, has it always been that way? <laughs> Good, okay. I'm glad I noticed. Sorry, that doesn't really make a difference to you, but it was bugging me, and it's the first time I could see him to ask. Did you ask from there? Yeah, I did, yes. 
Because I'd have forgotten, thought about it later. Those things happen. So glad you're here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. And uh, if uh, you're a first-time guest or visitor, that QR code is for you. If you pointed your smart device at it with uh, the camera on, a link will pop up. Uh, and if you follow that link, it goes to our digital connect card, which asks for your name, your phone number, and your email address. We'd love to have that information, but please know if you give us that information, you will get a series of texts and emails over the next five or six weeks. We also have a gift for all the first-time guests back at Guest Services. If you didn't get one on the way in, please get one on the way out. We uh, pray for our neighbors here. It's a big thing, and I, I'm always encouraging, you know, as you drive into your neighborhoods, as you drive out of your neighborhoods, walking around your neighborhoods, just think about your neighbors and pray uh, for them and lift them up to God. And then corporately, we do that together on the weekend. So think about a few of your neighbors right now, just sort of get them in your mind, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we're thankful for who you are, and we would ask once again that you would move in a significant way in the lives of our neighbors. God, that you would bless them and that you would draw them to you. All those who don't know that you would draw them to you, Lord, so that they can know you forever. Help us to be good neighbors, Papa, to love our neighbors well. And God, bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Speaking of neighbors, next weekend is a big weekend, Easter weekend. You know, we celebrate Jesus here all the time, but it's a big weekend. One of the reasons it's such a big weekend is that a lot of people will go to church on Easter who may not normally go. And so I'm asking you to invite people, uh, to invite your friends, your acquaintances, co-workers, wherever. And to that end, we have invite cards out there on the table on your way out. They're in stacks of five. Please grab at least a stack, maybe grab two or ten, but uh, stacks. And then ask people to come. We're sending out, uh, you may have noticed already if you're on social media, that we have a lot of ads already working, inviting people to Easter. And um, if you will invite them as well, sometimes that's what it takes. They'll see it, and then they'll get an invite, and they'll go, oh, I know somebody that goes, and they'll show up. We, we, it's not just about having lots and lots of people here. It's about opportunities to share with people the good news and let them know about Jesus and how much he loves them and invite them to, to join in this life as well. So please, on your way out, grab some invite cards and invite people to come this coming weekend. And also don't forget, it's a baptism on Saturday, which will be fun. Uh, you need to be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized yet. That's a biblical non-negotiable. That needs to happen. And it'll be a great time to do it. Other people will come out to be baptized because they don't remember their baptism. And I'm not challenging that theologically. I always tell people it's such a powerful memory. If you don't have one, consider coming and making it out of Bay of Honda. So we'll be there from 9 to 10. It's also Earth Day out there. So it will be very busy out of the state park. So, um, you know, make sure you're there before 9 so that you don't have any trouble getting in. They, I think they start at 10, so we'll be done by then. So... Uh, that's very cool. I'm excited about that and lots of other events. We talked about them all coming up for Easter weekend. Invite your friends and neighbors to church. We are going to talk about Palm Sunday today, uh, which it, it sort of works into our series about being encouragers, but we're, we're going to focus in on Palm Sunday. And so we'll be in Matthew 21 specifically today here in just a moment. We'll talk about the triumphal entry. Um, let's do the bad jokes. These are very bad, but I, it's okay. I keep trying to lose weight, 
But it keeps finding me. So I, I thought about going on an all-almond diet. But that's just nuts. So exercise is obviously the best way to do it. And you know, you get older, you've got to get inventive. So I've, I've invented a new exercise, and you might like this. It's a combination of a lunge and a crunch. I call it lunch. It's working well for me. Alice, my love, come and lead us in the reading of the Word. Pray for us, please. I will. We like our lunches, don't we? We have, so, okay, so you, I should tell this group <laughs> We've the story We've told everybody as well. else, yeah, and yeah. we got to laugh, so you're going to endure this so, story. Lunch at our house, so I'm a very early riser, three or four, I'm up. So lunch is kind of the big deal for me. It's the big meal of the day, right? <laughs> and I have a, I, I like, I have the same thing almost every lunch. I have, uh, my family lovingly calls it the salad trough. salad trough. And I have this huge bowl, and I have a huge salad every day, big bag of salad, and then I add a protein to it, and I'll put some tomatoes and cubits. My, I look forward to it. I'm full when I'm done, so I'm very happy about it. Yeah. And then, um, that's what I eat, and I don't share that, so Alice has to eat something else. And uh, she generally will have, right, and, and she kind of goes through different things, but right now she's having bologna and Swiss cheese sandwiches. Because I eat has. like a five-year-old. Yeah, like a five So anyway, and... We have, we have a lovely home, but it's very small. So our kitchen counter is about the size of this table. Well, and, uh, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to sort of dance around in the kitchen to get lunches going. We have, and, and we have a routine. We've been doing it for a long time. And we'll get all our stuff set out. And I'll make my salad. And Alice will make her sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, this just happened. So the other day, I was going to have tuna fish as my protein in my salad. But I didn't just want dry tuna fish, I was going to put a little mayonnaise in it first. But he said, let's come. I love mayonnaise. It's delicious, right? So besides my salad bowl, I had gotten out a little extra bowl to make my tuna fish in. And I had it on this small table counter where we're getting ready. And so I put the salad together and I do the cucumber and the tomato. I know this is a long story. And I'm getting ready to do the tuna fish when in my bowl that I put out for the tuna fish, I noticed the crusts of her bread are in my bowl. I don't like it crusts. I told you I eat like five-year-old. I said, why have you put your crust in my bowl? And she said, I thought it was a garbage bowl. It wasn't. And I, I said, when have we ever had a garbage bowl before? That's how offended. He's still offended. I'm still not over still it. Still offended. And I laughed for 20 minutes after that because how offended. The issue is I, if she had wanted a garbage bowl, I could add that into the routine. It's not a big deal. He's not over it. Pray for Steve. Forgiveness is the key. <laughs> Anyway. I apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get right back to God Lunge now. and a crunch. Lunge and a crunch. Yep. All right. Let's bow our heads and pray, shall we, before we read the word? Lord, you're so, so good to us, and we are forever grateful for that triumphal entry, Lord. We sang Hosanna, Hosanna this morning, Lord. We want to see you. Papa, I thank you that you sent Jesus so that we could see you who is invisible, you gave us that, that signpost, Lord, that leads us right to you. And we thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. I pray that you would bless this day for everyone here and bless the delivery of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 and following. 
As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. We're going to focus in on this Palm Sunday on verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? I like that verse. I've been obviously thinking about it all week when there's two sort of things that that, are happening there. I like the idea that the whole city is stirred. And I also like the idea that people are asking the question. Who is this? And I think that's very important for us to sort of take a look into. So let's kind of set the stage here. It's uh, Palm Sunday. Uh, It's 2,000 years ago, more or less, from today. And things are happening. And it's an exciting day. So the followers of Jesus, and that would be the crowd in this story, the followers of Jesus... They, they sort of sense that something is happening, that something is different. They've been with Jesus now for several years, and they've seen him do miracles, and they've listened to him teach, and they know he's Messiah. And yet they still think that, that he's about to overthrow Rome, that that's what they, their picture is, that's their paradigm. That Jesus is, and that's what they're pretty sure he's going to do. They've seen the power that he operates in, they know he can do it. He's going to come in, defeat Rome, and Israel is going to be restored to its former glory. That's what they're getting excited about. And so uh, Jesus is making this approach and his followers are praising him. And something great is happening, don't get me wrong. It's just not what they think. Because what Jesus is coming to do is far greater than defeating the Romans. What Jesus is coming to do is to defeat the power of sin and the power of death and make a way for all of us to be reconciled to God. So he's doing a much greater thing. But still they're excited. That will change in a few days as things don't happen the way they expect. But this is a big day. And, and just the whole way he comes, he comes in on a, on a donkey, on a, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. And Matthew's pretty good about pointing out that there's two things happening there. There's the donkey and a colt. In, when Alice and I were having this discussion, she said, there's two here, and because it's, it's not that way in Mark or Luke. Um, but it's being very sort of faithful to the prophetic word in Zechariah. And you might say, well, how is he writing both of them? 
You know, it's it's very possible that on the journey in, he would ride the donkey for a while, the more the bigger animal, and then as he got closer, he got off the older donkey and got onto the colt and came in that way. But he's he's riding on a donkey nonetheless, and it's significant because of the way he enters in a very very humble way, and and so. The people are excited. I mean, they're, they're literally, they're so stirred up. They're not exactly sure how to praise. They're, they're shouting out Hosanna. They're calling on the Psalms, but they're also taking off their cloaks and putting them on the road in the path before him. And, and like they're so excited. They're also grabbing palm, you know, fronds and they're throwing those on the road as well. They're carpeting the road with, with coats and, and palm fronds. Just a way of being thankful and honoring him as he approaches. It's, a, it's exciting what's going on. So take hold of that as we look at the story. And all this is happening, and what's happening is the onlookers, so the crowd is the people who've seen Jesus, have been with Jesus, who followed Jesus. The onlookers were people outside the crowd. And all of this is causing them to say, who is this? What's going on? What's happening here? And the question that they ask is significant, because it's it was a very important question 2,000 years ago, it's just as important today. It's perhaps the most important question. It is the most important question that anyone will ever answer. Who is this? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in your life? And, and why does Jesus matter? And what's going on here? And you need to know this about Jesus and who he claims to be. In that Jesus claims to be more than just a prophet or more than just a great moral teacher, or more than any of those things. Sometimes our culture will try and dismiss him into one of those spots. Oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, he was a, he was a good guy. He had, he taught some really good moral things. Or, you know, Jesus, he was a prophet for his time. But Jesus himself says he's more than that, and so do his disciples. Jesus makes claims to be son of God. The, the, uh, and what he was claiming there was a connection to God himself that the, we understand as those who know the whole story. That the heart of God was always to partner with us to make a difference on the planet, but we went our own way. And, and He makes covenants with us. God does it. We're not able to keep. So ultimately what He does is He comes. Uh, fully God, fully man is Jesus. And He keeps that covenant for us. And Jesus is making those claims. As you talk about Son of David and Son of Man and Son of God, He's saying that He's more than just a prophet and He's more than just a great moral teacher. He even asks his disciples about this. And he, he says to his disciples, uh, well, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some uh, say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he says? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah the one we've been waiting for, the anointed one, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, for uh, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Jesus is saying, yes, you've got it, because God revealed it to you. That's what this is all about. I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the Messiah. See, the Many apologists have said over the years that it really comes down to sort of three things. Uh, and because of what Jesus says, you, you have to sort of ask yourself this, um, because he claims to be God. He claims that. That's what Jesus says. Either he's a liar, which means he knew he wasn't and he said he was, which would invalidate everything that he taught and did. 
or he was just a lunatic. He believed that he was, but he wasn't. He was just out of his mind. And again, it would invalidate all that he said and did. The one who split history, by the way. Or he is who he says he is. He's Lord. And that's the answer that the world needs to get to. But they have to be asking the question before they get there. Who is this? Who is Jesus? And, and it's up to us to help them know the answer to that question. I was looking at... Uh, some demographic studies over the area. I do that from time to time. It's a church thing, and, and, and specifically about our county. And there's about 80,000 people that live in Monroe County. And the census breaks people down into areas and all sorts of other interesting things. But it also has this thing that, that talks about, you know, faith and what people claim to believe in where they're at. And, uh, in our, and then there's a whole segment for people who don't think that they're anything, right? It's called unclaimed. And that number in our county of about 80,000 is 46,000 people, which is pretty significant, right? It means we've always got a lot of things to do here, and I've always thought about it that way. That's why we have our mission and do the things we do. But unclaimed, I had this whole sort of thing hit me. You know how God will do that sometimes? Um, Unclaimed. See, the sad part of that is we, okay, well, culturally, they they just don't believe anything. But in the kingdom dynamic, there is no such thing as unclaimed. If you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, there's a claim on you from the enemy. And that, that shook me to the core again. Because the realization was it's not just a sort of a neutral, I'll go through and everything's okay. It's not how it works. You're unfortunately, because of the fall, because of sin, you're born into the wrong kingdom. You're in the kingdom of darkness by default. The only way out is through Jesus, who's our exodus. And it's us asking him and responding to him as he invites us into his story that we can be freed from our bondage to slavery and sin and pulled out of it and rescued and brought into the kingdom of light. That's why the question needs to be asked and the question needs to be answered. Who is Jesus? Who is this? It's Jesus. And he's the one who can change your life forever. And, and so it's on us to sort of help that process go, to, to, to make a difference in the world. And so I love this, this one verse because the question is there, who is this? But the question is brought on because the whole city was stirred up. Because of what was taking place, people are stirred to asking the question, what is it that's happening? When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And my heart is, see, what I want to see is, I, I would love to see our cities and our towns and our villages and our communities and our workplaces stirred up somehow to ask the question, who is this? So that we can help them to find the answer to the question. And there's three things that are happening that I think allow us to partner with God on this journey. Remember, it's always about how we partner with God. Isn't it God's plan? To change the planet was to partner with people. Has been from the beginning. And it's still the way it is today. How do we partner with God to make a difference? In this story, there's three things that I think we can learn. It's all about the presence of God, praising God, and proclaiming. So three sort of P things that are happening there. Presence, praise, proclaim. Well, how does His presence make a difference? Well, for us... The very presence of God, as a believer, you know that it changes everything. When you realize that He's near, 
that we've, you know, we've worked through the, the, the sort of bad story that somehow heaven is millions of miles away and that God is very distant and uninvolved. And we know as believers that's not true, that because Jesus has come and inaugurated the kingdom of God, things are different already. The kingdom is here, not fully here, But here, and when I say kingdom, I'm not talking about a place. I'm talking about the rule and reign of God. We use a lot of language for that. We talk about the heaven and earth overlap, that there's this place where heaven and earth overlap already, and we have entrance because of Jesus. And so he's very near. And that changes the way that we live. We're not waiting just for some distant time in the future when everything's going to be different. It's already broken through in part now. It's not like it's going to be, but it's here in part. He's here in part. We have access to his presence. And his presence changes us. And in in fact, the more we hang out in his presence, the more we know about him and who he is. And, and it results in us living differently. And so his presence changes things. And in this story, you could see how his presence was changing things there in Jerusalem on that day. As, as he drew near to the city, the city itself was stirred up. Things were going on and people were being changed. And I love this. So it's prophetic. It's answering this prophecy too. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Why is that significant? Jesus is coming. Amazing Jesus, fully God, fully man, is entering the scene that day on a donkey. Most kings would come through how? On a stallion. And they'd come through with all of their soldiers and all their their whole big procession happening. But Jesus enters on a donkey, and guess what? His soldiers, his warriors are the praisers that are happening. It still works that way. And they're going to make a difference that changes the world. But he enters the scene. And, and I love how Jesus enters. You know, he entered the world in a very lowly way. He's making a difference now in this most important week in a very lowly way, coming in on a donkey. There's, there's something else going on that's so important about King Jesus here, ushering in the kingdom of God. When, when Israel asked for a king, see, God's their king. And he wanted it that way. That was how it was supposed to be. But Israel wanted to be like all the other nations at some point. And they said, hey, we want a king. And he said, it's not a good idea, but okay, whatever. And he'll give you what you want. But there was um, this requirement on the kings that was put into place in Deuteronomy. You can write it down. Deuteronomy 17, 16, and 17. As I don't have it in the notes. And the, the requirement for the kings was they would not multiply to themselves um, wives, horses, and money. Three things. Let me read you the verse. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them, for the Lord has told you you're not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives, for his heart will be led astray, and he must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. This was a requirement of the kings of Israel. Guess what? In the history of Israel, every single king ignored that completely, in fact, did the opposite, except for one, the one true king of Israel, Jesus. He lived it perfectly. And he, he makes a deal coming into Jerusalem the way he does. This big entrance of everything changing, he comes in not on a stallion, not with all those other things, but in a lowly way to make a difference in the world. And the response is that his followers, the people that have been hanging out with him, the people whose lives have been changed, who understand this is Messiah, things are about to happen, even though it wasn't going to go the way they wanted, they're around. They can't help but praise him. 
They are filled with thankfulness and praise as he enters because they know that this is it. Something is going on. His very presence is stirring things up and the people are excited, as I said, and they're, they're putting out their, their coats before him and the palm branches before him. And they're shouting out, Hosanna. I, I love it. They're, listen, I get, I think they're so excited and stirred up that They've run out of things to say and do. They've already taken the, you know, their cloaks off. They've already grabbed palm branches and put them on the road. And they're, and they're, and so Hosanna is just them going back to a psalm. Hosanna! And they're crying out to the Lord. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And I, 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 I hope that when you read that, you get a sense of how amazing it must have been. As, as their hearts cried out in praise. I, I, I get a picture, and it's not there in the book, so take it with a grain of salt, but in my looking at the picture, I think that not only are the disciples and the others who'd been following there, but all of the people who had just been a part of these miracles that he'd been doing were also in the mix, because they'd happened leading up to this, like Bartimaeus, who's the blind beggar, who was off on the distance, and no one was paying him attention. But Jesus heard him crying out, and he stops, and he heals him. And I have this feeling that Bartimaeus is in the... And everybody's looking at him as well, and going, remember what he just did with him just a few days before this happened, Lazarus. Jesus had just gone and said, Lazarus, come forth. I can imagine Lazarus being pretty excited. (laughs) Wasn't expecting to be here. One of my favorite guys, the guy at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years he'd been there. And Jesus sees him, speaks to him, invites him into the kingdom, heals him, and he's able to walk after not being able to walk for 38 years. He's here walking along with this procession, and I can tell that, that it's just got everybody going, look. Look, at Jesus, and we're coming in, and he's going to change things forever. And, and you know, unfortunately, the, the busyness of our lives, the craziness of our world, the stresses of our culture tend to knock out of us that sort of joyful praise that, that we knew and sometimes know. And, and we need to recover it. Not only for ourselves, but for the world around us. See, all of us have our own reasons to shout our own hosannas. In fact, I, I told you some of those amazing stories, but we, those who, who know Jesus now, have asked Him to be Lord and Savior, we've actually experienced the greatest miracle of all. Life everlasting, found in Jesus. Regardless of circumstance, we always have a reason to be thankful. Always have a reason to have a hosanna on our lips. And it's important because in living that way, in living differently than the world around us, so many people are so upset because there's so much mess going on in the world. I get that. We have to be a little different. It doesn't mean that it doesn't impact us because it all does and it drives our prayers and it does those things. But in us as followers of Jesus, we have a hope and a settledness that makes us different. And that's where that thanks comes in. And we want to be those people who are living in a way that it does make people ask the question, what is it? What's going on? Who is this that's changed you? What's happening? That's the hope. We have to have people ask the question, who is it? And when they do, we need to be ready to share. We need to be ready to answer people. We need to to tell them how Jesus has impacted us, how Jesus has changed our lives, what Jesus has done, how he's rescued us and set us free, who he is and and what the difference has been. Because they sure were ready to do it when Jesus 
entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds, his followers, those people said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. They were ready to tell people the reason for the difference. It was Jesus. Jesus is the one who changes everything. Jesus is the one who defeats sin and death. Jesus is the one who gives us life everlasting. Jesus is the one who lets us have hope that lasts unswerving hope in him. Hang on to Jesus. Have your hosannas ready. And when someone asks the question, who is this? With all your heart, be able to answer, this is Jesus. And he wants you to be in relationship with him forever. That's Palm Sunday's message. And that will build into what happens next weekend as we get to talk all about Jesus and Easter. And I'm excited about that. And so I want you to be excited as well. Ministry team, those here, why don't you head over to the wall. Listen, all of this starts with Jesus. Your way into the story is by responding to the invitation of Jesus. And he, he, he invites us into his story. And the way that we respond is we believe in our hearts, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, it's a, really it's a simple prayer of faith. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never done it, I want to encourage you to do it right now. Right where you sit. If you're watching online, right where you are. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And that changes everything. And that will be the best way to get ready for Easter that you've ever had as we celebrate who he is and what he's done. This is Jesus. Amen. Good message, honey. Well, thank you. I just have a couple ministry points. And the first one is the Lord um, showed me Friday as I was praying. And this is going to seem really silly to a lot of you, but whoever it's for, it won't be. Um, You're a UPS driver. And the Lord wants you to know that he sees what you do all day and he loves you. And that's just going to mean something to whoever that's for. And then this is kind of like, duh, because someone is praying about buying a boat. And aren't we all? But (laughs) this this particular person, it will land on them like this. The Lord has also called you to be a fisher of men. And I don't know if the answer is yes or no on the boat. So, but he, <laughs> he also has called you to be a fisher of men. Amen. 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 You know, my heart too is if I, I just get a sense that perhaps the stresses of life in the world have caused for some people to not experience Jesus in the way that you once did or the way that you have or the way that you would like to. And, and let me say this, that he is right there. He's with us always. And, and you just need to, in fact, he invites you, press back in so you can experience him in a way that changes you and the people around you. And that's where you'll find life. Amen. 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 Good. I was also thinking about the UPS. I'm saying I'm old. I'm thinking about Dale Jarrett. And that might, he was a UPS guy, right? See? And there was a whole bunch of commercials about him. So, Dale Jarrett, if you're listening. (laughs) He wasn't, but still. Sorry. I'm thinking about lunch, honestly, as well. The lunge and the crunch. 
We can run loud to talk about crockpots anymore because we used to, when we were done, we'd go over and say goodbye to everybody online. And we would generally talk about this, particularly at this service, about lunch that was waiting for us because we have something in the crockpot. It's the one day when I eat a different lunch. But then my they son, named it. My son named it. Okay, guys, let's get the crockpot shot. <laughs> yep. So He's we don't funny. do that anymore. Okay, we I'm sorry, I'm done. Okay, yes. Uh, what's next? Thank you for your generosity. We love partnering with you. Got to tell you about some of the cool stuff's going. Thank you for making that possible, guys. By being faithful, you're giving, you're offering. And uh, how we love making a difference locally and globally with you. What a, what a great God that we serve. And uh, prayers over there for you if you need it. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayers over there. These doors will be open for you. It looks really nice out there. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And... uh Uh, we were talking about lunch. I hope you have a great lunch if you haven't had it already. And uh, get ready. Easter's coming. It's going to be a great week. Yes. Be a good, good holy week. Hey, I want to say hi to Mary Thomas. I know she's watching. I miss you, girl. And uh, we love you. I'm glad glad you're watching. All right. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.